Supply chain issues are the hot topic. I think everything that we talk about with inflation and certainly the macro backdrop is all tied back to these supply chain issues that resulted from the pandemic. Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah borgson Quito. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Carly Tripp back to the podcast. Carly is Global Chief Investment Officer and Head of Nuveen Real Estate Investments. Carly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be back, Sarah. So as we approach mid-year, how would you describe the state of the commercial real estate market and how it's responding to both economic and political uncertainty? Yeah, you know, it's been a really, really interesting year um, since this is a NARI podcast, I guess I'll preface this with the fact that we do operate private real estate. So I don't manage any public real estate. And as everyone is aware, uh, there's definitely been um, a difference in performance of the two thus far this year with public uh, markets, obviously, experiencing a lot of volatility. I think the benefit of managing private real estate is that we've been um, effectively really kind of shielded from the volatility so far. I think it's, you know, as we see uh, leading up to cycles or within cycles, real estate has a tendency to perform very differently than stocks and bonds, generally speaking, which just speaks volumes as, you know, it being a great diversifier to a portfolio. So in 2022, private real estate's been incredibly resilient. We've seen an increase overall in activity in terms of our leasing activity. And so really, we've been able to maintain um, very, very strong you know, returns throughout this year coming off of you know, 2021, which was a record-setting year on all accounts. And would you expect those patents to hold up for the rest of 22? Yeah, I think um, so far, so good. It's really, really hard to gauge and kind of, you know, try and guess what's going to happen in the markets. And what I always say is no asset class is immune to systematic market risk, right? So if there is a recession, as as many pundits, you know, continue to uh, increase their probability of, then certainly commercial real estate, you know, will not be immune to, to that scenario. But what we're seeing today, really within all of our investments, so this is not only um, you know within the darling investments of industrial and housing, but across certain um, investments within our office portfolio as well, is just, again, a continued strengthening of operating performance. So positive absorption, a lot of leasing, very, very tight markets, particularly like within industrial life science. And so what that's resulted in is overall positive, you know, rent growth. And while we have seen uh, levered buyers generally go away, it's kind of, you know, a benefit for being a core buyer, which is the bulk of our activity. And inflation is obviously top of mind these days. Can you talk about the extent of landlords' pricing power across various property sectors? Yeah. So as I just said, you know, it's it's not binary, the results, and it's not black and white. So it hasn't been the same across the board within any one sector. You know, I will say, as I mentioned before, the darling sector, so industrial, housing, alternatives, you know, primarily I would say healthcare and technology-related alternatives, so that's life science, medical office, um, those kinds of properties, have been really, really strong. So life science and industrial, you know, throughout the U.S. has a vacancy of less than 4%. 
So that just lends to having pricing power for landlords, but that's not really kind of related to inflation. So this inflationary environment, I don't think has bled into increased uh, rental income for landlords. The increased rental income for landlords, by and large, has just been a result of, you know, incredibly strong demand, right? If you think about what's causing inflation today, it's because demand is just way outstripping supply. So supply cannot keep up with the demand. And actually, commercial real estate has been um, a benefactor of that. And that really leads into my next question about the impact on um, construction and new supply from inflation or other factors. Yeah, so we haven't really, you know, if you kind of look backwards, right, at construction, new supply, you haven't seen inflation impacts bleed through the numbers yet, right? All of this information that we get is kind of delayed on a quarterly basis, and we're always waiting for it, and it's always backward looking. But if you look more at just activity today, you know, live activity, I think inflation is certainly having an impact um, on construction and new supply. So what we're seeing is, again, um, a more tepid response from lenders, less of a willingness to lend on construction activity. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, obviously very, very unpredictable in terms of what your costs are and also very unpredictable for who is liable for cost increases. That has shifted a lot. And then, of course, uh, labor shortages, you know, uh, that's caused a lot of delays in construction. And so I do um, generally see less of a willingness on the part of investors and developers to start new projects today so that I would expect, you know, when we look at the numbers um, a couple quarters from now, we will see a slowed new construction across all sectors. So turning to supply chain issues, which is another hot topic these days, the CEO of Prologis recently said that it would be some time before supply chain issues are sorted. What does this mean for investors in terms of potential opportunities out there? Sure. So, you know, supply chain issues are the hot topic. I think everything that we talk about with inflation and certainly the macro backdrop is all tied back to these supply chain issues that resulted from the pandemic. And so it's really, really hard to get clear visibility and how these are going to resolve over the near term. You know, we have seen sort of a decline in demand for things like television, uh, streaming services, the Pelotons, the home gyms, uh, et cetera. Those are actually experiencing a deflationary environment in pricing, right? And so I think we will see a bifurcation, generally speaking, of where there are shortages and continued demand. And then where, you know, demand has sort of trickled off was really, really hot during the pandemic and has since declined. If we look to industrial, you know, more specifically, we do know that, you know, generally speaking, folks have moved from um, just-in-time methods to just-in-case. So they're really attempting to build up their inventory. Recently, uh, CBRE indicated in its own research that a 5 to 10% increase in, in inventory levels could lead to 400 million square feet of additional industrial space needs. So as I mentioned before, industrial is already an incredibly tight market, even if you look at national levels. But really what that equates to is over two years of really healthy absorption based on kind of historical trends. And that doesn't even begin to, you know, kind of address the impacts of future onshoring and the demand drivers for industrial space, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you look kind of further and start to peel back the onion, 
Inland Empire Industrial. The vacancy level uh, has been reduced to half a percent in 2022. So again, you know, fundamentally speaking and operationally, we just continue to see incredible demand um, within the industrial space. And I do think the supply chain issues exacerbate that demand and will continue to support the uh, sector going forward. Mm-hmm. And Carly, are there some other asset classes that you feel would benefit from the current disruption in work-life patterns that we're seeing? Yeah, this is such an interesting one. There was so much discovery through the pandemic, and we learned so much as owners of commercial real estate. So I think the most obvious is probably short-term rentals. I think the market for short-term rentals, and what I mean by that is your Verbos, your Airbnbs. There's a company called you know, Hello Landing, which you can rent apartments month to month that are fully furnished, and you can rent them in different locations across the country. So I do think short-term rent- rentals will become in a more efficient market. Uh, they'll become more prevalent. And long-term, it's going to kind of be a disruptor to not only hotels, but you know, office usage as well. So as we continue to kind of build out the technology and create an environment where you can really easily kind of travel and find a place to live that's suitable, then then I would expect, you know, short-term rentals to emerge as, you know, its own kind of sector over the next 10 years. Uh, Can you talk a bit about Nuveen's views on global portfolio diversification and where you see the optimum balance geographically at this time? Global diversification is really, really important. We are a global organization, and that's because we think that offering a global solution is just, you know, the best for our clients and and results in the best and healthiest returns, um, both, you know, just on the peer return side and then risk adjusted return as well. So if you look kind of across the different, you know, major regions of the U.S., you know, Europe and APAC, depending on where you were invested these last five years, you know, obviously you would have done better if you had been invested across, you know, I think an entire global portfolio. So for instance, our investors that are our US-based investors, but they also invest across Europe, took advantage of incredibly cheap debt over these last five years as a European investor. So they opted, you know, to to access leverage through their portfolio, through their holdings, you know, across Europe versus their holdings uh, in the U.S. Obviously, that was incredibly beneficial. I think also just creating a narrower time period. So just, you know, since 2020, cultural differences on how consumers use real estate have emerged, right? And so office usage across the U.K. and Europe Culturally speaking, office usage is still really, really high versus the U.S. And so people were much quicker to get back to the office um, across the U.K. and Europe. And we're still seeing a lot of demand, both from an investor's perspective and from a tenant perspective, in our office holdings there. I'd also point to retail in China. We do own quite a few very large retail centers across China. Those have done incredibly well. So while you know, these kind of larger format retail centers in the U.S. are on a decline, they remain incredibly strong as consumerism is just massive in China. And so retail in China has really benefited as, uh, you know, the Chinese consumer has stayed local rather than kind of traveling and supporting shopping habits, you know, across the U.S. 
So I, I would say I don't really have, you know, an optimal allocation globally per se to recommend. I think portfolio allocation decisions are always sort of curated based on the objective of the individual investor. But speaking very, very generally, I think global diversification is key in a commercial real estate portfolio. And Carly, we've covered lots of ground. There's so much going on right now. But is there anything else that you think uh, we should touch on at this point? You know, I don't think so. I think I would just kind of close with one fact here that I didn't mention when we were talking about inflation, because obviously that is the biggest unknown here in the U.S. um, and, and globally right now. But I would say that we did go back and kind of assess multi-decade long history of different asset class performance in inflationary periods. So we looked at inflationary periods of over 4%. Uh, Real estate, commercial real estate was the only one that emerged as an overall net positive return during those inflationary periods. So I think we always say real estate is an inflation hedge and we're kind of seeing that uh, play through right now. So it's 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 a good time to be in commercial real estate, in my opinion. Excellent, Carly. Thank you so much again for your time. Thank you. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.